Well, good morning. My name is Eric. I'm one of the pastors here. I was just sitting in Scott's office and he was saying, well, when you go long because there's 40 verses, I'm glad it's not me. And then you guys took a long time doing the alphabet. So it's on you. So anyway, good morning. Happy July. July 1st, right? Half a year gone. Just like that. That's how I felt about it when I woke up this morning, July 1st. Do you ever feel like it's just going so fast? Yes, we got one yes. What do you mean it's July? It was just January. What do you mean it's 2018? It was just 2000. Those cars are still new, right? If they're 2000. I, it, if, you, if you don't stop for a moment, the speed of life seems to sweep by and it just goes over you and you just start ticking the days away. And I have found if I'm letting the days just wash over me, I soon become overwhelmed by the fact that the days are evil and the wicked seem to be winning and I lose focus and I get discouraged and I start questioning if maybe it wouldn't be better to keep in step with them rather than in step with the Lord. Maybe it's better to keep in step with the people that are just flowing all around me all the time. In short, when the days start zooming by, I need a reminder of how this world is set up and how it's going to end. This morning, we get the good pleasure to explore through Psalm 37 together. If you want to turn there, you can. Um, there are so many riches, so many reminders that take our eyes off of the temporary, the thing that sticks right in your face, the vexing, frustrating situation around us, and puts them on something solid and good, something certain. It is a wisdom psalm, and like much of the wisdom literature of the scriptures, it reminds us that there are two ways to live, the way of the wicked and the way of the righteous. This psalm helps us in the midst of frustration and beckons us, don't fixate on the wicked. Wait for Yahweh. That's the Lord. That's how it's translated in your English Bibles. Yahweh, that's the name of God. This psalm, like Scott mentioned, is an acrostic. Every couplet, as it were, starts with a successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Aleph, Bet, Gimel, he just kept going. And because of that, um, there's one big idea through the whole psalm, but there's a bunch of different themes. Because he'll get to a letter and go, what starts with Z? I don't know. And then he'll come up with something and he'll write it down in a way that fits the bigger picture. This device is very helpful in teaching this to anybody so they remember it. You would teach it this way so that it sticks in your head. You can go A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You can remember how this goes. So you can nestle it in the back of your mind, in the corner of your heart, and use it when it's most needed. You can almost picture uh, ancient Hebrew children learning this song together as they were taught the ancient scriptures. This song is for... The child that can sing it on their way to school. This is for the young adult that is longing for the certainty of home but wanting to live life on their own. This is for the parent who is wrestling with the age-old questions of why asked by their own children. Why is the world like this? For the middle-aged who's finding it hard to walk the path of righteousness. For the ones who have run a long race but they're tired and the skies seem dark and all they want to see is light. This song is to hide in your heart and my heart so that you can be reminded to not fixate on the wicked, but wait for Yahweh. Because this psalm is so full of richness and because I have confidence 
that the Holy Spirit can do great good for you and me through the reading of the Word of God. I'm going to read through the psalm in its entirety, the whole thing. And with our remaining time, we're going to rehearse a few of the themes that present themselves in this song. So let's, let's read it together. Psalm 37 of David. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. For they will soon fade like grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land. And delight themselves in abundant peace. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. But the Lord laughs at the wicked. For he sees that his day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend their bows to bring down the poor and needy. To slay those whose way is upright. Their sword shall enter their own heart. And their bows shall be broken. Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken. But the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the blameless and their heritage will remain forever. They are not put to shame in evil times. In the days of famine they have abundance. But the wicked will perish. The enemies of the Lord are like the glory of the pastures. They vanish like smoke. They vanish away. The wicked borrows but does not pay back. But the righteous is generous and gives For those blessed by the Lord shall inherit the land, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously and his children become a blessing. Turn away from evil and do good. So shall you dwell forever. For the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever. But the children of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom and his tongue speaks justice. The law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. The wicked watches for the righteous and seeks to put him to death. The Lord will not abandon him to his power or let him be condemned when he is brought to trial. Wait for the Lord and keep his way and he will exalt you to inherit the land. You will look on when the wicked are cut off. I have seen a wicked, ruthless man spreading himself like a green laurel tree, but he passed away and behold, he was no more. Though I sought him, he could not be found. Mark the blameless and behold the upright, for there is a future for the man of peace. But transgressors shall be altogether destroyed. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. 
The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in Him. Amen. It's so good. So good. The first theme I notice as we read is that David reminds us, don't burn for the wicked. He says, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. How much of your time do you spend burning in your gut because of the wicked? Sometimes it is looking at their lives and thinking, why can't I live life like that? Why can't I walk that way? So often it seems the wicked are the ones that are living lives that look fun. Right? They have the money. They have the stuff. They have the clothes I want to wear. They eat the food I want to eat. They drink the drinks I want to eat at the the amounts I want to have them. If they have a desire for something, if they want something, they take it. They can have it. Money, power, women, men, sex, leisure, luxury, parties, a focus on themselves and a who cares what the expense is. Who has felt that in their gut? Don't, don't raise your hand. If I leave my perspective at just right now, just what's right in front of me, some days it is hard to look around or watch TV or pull the screen up and not think I could go for some of that. I'm jealous. I envy their position. I envy their car. Whatever they want, they take it. It doesn't seem to care about any consequences. A burning in the gut, a burning in the heart. You felt that. I felt that. Other times that burning is just anger and frustration. We look out and with a little clearer eyes, we see that the world seems to be tilted in the wrong direction. The axis of the earth seems to be upside down. You shouldn't be able to do that in business and still have a job. You shouldn't be able to live that high on the horse when you push people that low. Why doesn't he get caught in his lies? How can she keep talking like that about other people? Does he not know that his wife can see him checking out that waitress? That. That person is completely unfaithful in every business trip, every time they're away from home. Or on a bigger scale, why do the evil ones have the power? Why do the fools pull the levers? Why do we make those things the issues? Those don't matter. There are people on the streets, people are dying, people are being slaughtered. People don't have food. People are devalued and hurt because of our systems. And those who cheat and abuse, they get the benefit. Why is this world upside down? David says in verse 8, Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. And this psalm is in our heads like the ABCs, and we remind ourselves refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Don't burn for evildoers. In anger or in envy, but instead, in the midst of the frustrating, broken world, wait for the Lord. 
Wait for Yahweh. And David reminds the Hebrew singers who are going to rehearse this song over and over through the melody that their inheritance is not simply an ethereal plane in the clouds where we escape this physical existence. That's not how it works. Those with the power now will not always dictate the kingdom. The promise is attached to the dirt as well. There is a physical place to be with the Lord. Wait for Yahweh. That's what he says. She'll inherit the land. This song stays in our head. The second theme reminding us not to fixate on the wicked, but wait for the Lord. We have to, we ask the question, I ask the question, but what do I do in the meantime? I'm waiting for the Lord. What do I do now? Because it's, it's frustrating. There's wicked all around me. This waiting is not filled with a quiet stoicism until death overcomes you. That's not the point. This song has a bridge that reminds us what to do in the day to day. In the day to day, we do justice and righteousness. If I'm not taking the wicked path and going after desires and power, what do I do? How can we take this wisdom from this psalm and make it practical? David says in verse 3, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Verse 5, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the new day. In its simplest form, do good. Do good and befriend faithfulness. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful poetic phrase and piece of wisdom? Do good with your actions. Put goodness into the world. Befriend faithfulness. Get acquainted with faithfulness. Be close to faithfulness. Not just on a first name basis. Hey, I know you. Not an acquaintance. Not a random visitor. When you burn for or against evil, let this song remind you of faithfulness and keep walking. Do good. A more fleshed out phrase in the Hebrew Scriptures is justice and righteousness. We talked about it a few weeks ago and how it describes walking in a proper relationship with God, that vertical dimension, and with neighbor, that horizontal dimension. And these words go hand in hand, one with the other. They don't go alone. Justice and righteousness. The practical is to walk a life in a way that keeps relationship with God, Yahweh, in proper alignment and your relationship with your neighbor as well. Give welcome to the one who is not like you. To the other. Give a listening ear to the one who is hurting and crying. Give a hand of resource to the one who is poor. When you see injustice and your heart begins to break, don't simply be angry at those who cause it. Bring justice. Bring mending. Go out of your way to love instead of out of your way to avoid. That will be justice. And when it is done as a way of worship, that will be righteousness. And we are reminded that God will establish justice like the blazing sun, high noon. It will soon be bright. That's what he says about our justice and righteousness. David continues in 21 with this theme. The wicked borrows but does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives. For those blessed by the Lord shall inherit the land, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. Here are the two paths split. The wicked never pay back. The righteous are the generous ones, the givers. And do not forget, the blessed by the Lord shall inherit the land. Even when it seems like the takers 
seem to have it all. A third theme, this poetry has so many stanzas, there's so many lines, and it seems fitting that there be plenty of lines to remind us to keep in our minds what is true, because often life is full of frustration that brings our fixation to the short term, our fixation to the wicked. A third theme in this song is a reminder to keep our perspectives long. Verse 10, in just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. When it's short term, it's hard to think straight, right? Monday was bad. Last week was bad. Last year was bad. The wicked seem to keep winning. They dominate your job. They dominate the headlines. They press people down and their presence seems to be all-encompassing. The more I notice it, the more... I keep it in front of my face. The closer it seems, the more it seems it will go on in perpetuity forever. But in those moments, if we pull ourselves from the timeline of the short term and go to the timeline of the God of the universe, it's easier to see what's true, right? The chorus reminds us that it will not always be like this. I know it's been day after day after day after day, but it will not always be like this. Our experience of the present does not dictate the future. And in just a little while, pull pull back. In just a little while, pull back. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Even though he seems to be right here, right in my face, pull back. In just a little while, he will be no more. He will not be there. You won't be able to find him. Verse 11, But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. But the meek, we really need to bring this word back. The meek. In large degree, meek is defined by the entirety of this psalm. Meekness is a posture in the midst of affliction and frustration and persecution that remains humble and gentle, patient and bowed down before the God of the universe. That's what it means to be meek. And the meek shall inherit the land. And for the meek, their delight is coming. Verse 28 says, For the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the children of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. When we pull back our perspective in the face of short-term injustice, we are reminded when we pull back We're reminded that the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake His saints. Even if in the present, and it's right here, it feels like the saints, you are slipping through the fingers of God. When you pull back, the saints are preserved forever. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. The reality of the entire narrative of all creation is that the righteous will dwell upon it forever with God. Remember that perspective. Remember that story the next time you're facing the short term, facing the small story. When the evil and injustice seem to be screaming in your face, they're right there. Pull back. The Lord loves justice. Remember it when it seems only the wicked will prevail and all is lost, pull back. He will not forsake his saints. 
But evil seems to be winning pullback. The righteous shall dwell upon the land forever. Pull back and see the long perspective, the long story. Oftentimes justice and goodness seem slow, but they are steady and sure. They will come. That's how the story ends. The fourth theme in this wonderful psalm, David says, Remember Yahweh, not the wicked, wins. Remember Yahweh, not the wicked, wins. Remember who wins. A final, a final theme seems to be the stirring and invigorating chorus of this song. In verse 34, David says, Wait for the Lord and keep His way, and He will exalt you to inherit the land. You will look on when the wicked are cut off. Verse 20 says, But the wicked will perish. The enemies of the Lord are like the glories of the pasture. They vanish like smoke. They vanish away. The wicked that seem to be so close to us all the time, always in our face, always winning, they will be cut off. The wicked that bring death and propagate injustice, they will perish. And on, not only that, look at the metaphor he uses. Have you seen the growth of flowers or the growth of grass in, in maybe the wilderness, delicate plants that grow up and they just cover everything? You look out and you think, I don't... I don't have the tools to mow this down. I don't have the tools to get rid of this stuff. The weeds just grow. But out in the wilderness, they seem to be everywhere before the sun comes up, before the sun gets its full heat for the season. When the sun gains its heat, when the ground gets warmer and the moisture is sucked out of the air, bam, they vanish like smoke. It's the wilderness. They're gone. The evil is no match for the Lord. Verse 13 says, He laughs at them. He laughs at them because they think they can take on God and let evil triumph. Put evil in God's place. Put themselves in God's place. It cannot be done. Yahweh wins. The Lord is triumphant, not the wicked. That is why we have a song at all. That is why we can remind ourselves. That is why we can put this in the back of our minds, in the corner of our hearts, and give ourselves this truth. Do not fixate on the wicked. Wait for Yahweh. And the psalm concludes, verse 39, The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He, Yahweh, is their stronghold in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in Him. My friends, when the way seems hard and the path too difficult, when the wicked gall you, remember the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. This is not a song pressing for good actions so that you will be saved, so that you will be rescued. Do the right thing so then God will take care of you. Because we take refuge in Yahweh, because we run for cover in the presence of Yahweh, Yahweh helps the righteous. Yahweh delivers them. And Yahweh saves them. How does He save them? For many of you, this psalm and the number of verses I have said have been pinging your memory. Where have I heard this before? Sometime after this psalm, a rescuer whose name literally means Yahweh saves came to proclaim the truth in this psalm that it was becoming reality. That it was not just for the future, 
And we will wait and someday it will be true. He came to proclaim that Psalm 37 is reality. Jesus stood on a hill, called out this world as broken and upside down and flipped on its axis. He said, I see that this is broken. I see that this is not how it ought to be. And he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God when he said, verse 5 of Matthew 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We read this in 7. It said, the meek shall inherit the earth. Jesus says, blessed are the meek. Another better translation of this is, flourishing are the meek. For they will inherit the earth. He says the ones who have humbly been enduring and bowed and patient, waiting for the refuge of Yahweh, the saving God, they are flourishing now. Congratulations to them because Jesus is here. That's what he says. He says, remember Psalm 37, sitting in the tension as the meek wait for the saving God. Jesus says the meek are now flourishing. Congratulations to the meek. Because Jesus is that saving God. He has come to establish a kingdom where the world is put back on its right axis. Where justice is made whole. Where evil does not prevail. Where the wicked are cut off for good. He started. He inaugurated that kingdom. He put a stake in the ground in the fields that may be covered in growth. And the sign says the sun is coming. The sun is rising. And he is not just bringing an ultimate political reckoning, not just a cosmic reordering and repairing. And it is that. It is a personal repairing, a personal saving. Because maybe you were reading this through with me and you're thinking there's two ways in this world. There's the wicked and the righteous. And I've been the wicked. I can raise my hand to that roll call. You can raise your hand to that roll call. The wicked shall be cut off and laughed at because we exert ourselves in the place of God. And Jesus, the saving God, in order to save the wicked and make them righteous, endured being cut off on the cross for us. He took that for us so that in his death he could save us and in his resurrected life he can say flourishing, blessed, congratulations to the meek for they shall inherit the earth. A place with God where they can dwell with him forever. How good is that? That's good. That's good news. What a great song. In this psalm, it is for us to remember that the refuge for the righteous way has been made certain. There is no doubt how this story ends. And we have this song to remind ourselves of that. Jesus also gave us another means of remembering the bread and the cup of communion. You see these around the sanctuary this morning. For those who trust in the Lord as deliverer and savior, we have these to remember the body and blood of Jesus given for us so we could be those that are righteous and waiting for him. While we sit in the inaugurated kingdom, the starting kingdom, waiting for the fully realized kingdom, we have these as means of remembering the saving action of Jesus. So during this next song in the front, in the back, in the balcony, we can pick up the bread and the cup walking down the middle row and going on the outside on the way back. And after the song, we will take them together and remember the goodness of God together. Let's pray. Saving Yahweh, gracious God, thank you for being our salvation. 
Thank you for being our hope. Thank you for being our future. And for promising that we, the saints, will dwell forever with you. Lord, this world pulls us, our attention, our gaze, our desire, our affections. Keep our feet on the old roads and our eyes firmly fixed on the one who is the king of the new and best kingdom. Give us eyes that see King Jesus so clearly that our only response can be meekness, humble, firm, patient, as we wait for our king to arrive. Lord, when we burn in anger at the injustice and evil in this world, do not let us terminate our action with just cursing, but give our hands ways to wield justice and our hearts the conviction to see it through. We are ambassadors of the kingdom. Thank you for making a way, King Jesus, for us to dwell as the righteous forever with you. Amen.